All right, we are rolling, mm. counting us down. So exciting. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, TV, books, spoken word, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that it builds you up the way it has built us. We are the retrospective that is introspective. That was nice. There's like I, you saw a pothole in the road and you swerved around it and for half a second. Everybody was like, "Is it gonna crash?" And you didn't, and it was perfectly smooth back into that lane and on into the sunset. Hell yeah! And now I'm in the sun. Hey baby, <laughs> I'm in the sun. Um, and today we're joined by return guest Ruth Ann. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. If if you're unaware of Ruthann, she is the co-host of the Wiki Ship Down podcast. Uh, she is a longtime friend of Lex Michaels. It's true. Uh, mm-hmm. And she is an overall cool person. Aw, thank you. I'm yeah. so happy to be here and talk about this great show. Are we ready to go? Oh, yeah. So, um, Ruthann, you brought in the 2017 movie the babysitter uh that directed is... by our old friend mcgee <laughs> yes mcgee who like by the way has a super odd career like Very a real weird. interesting two char two charlie's angels movies a terminator we are marshall and it, 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 didn't he work on chuck and he was the pr- he was the producer of chuck of supernatural and the oc yeah so fascinating filmography he goes where the money is baby that that ain't wrong That's what you gotta do <laughs> so uh could can you tell us why? Why this movie? <laughs> get, we're gonna enter the pitch. Just, just All right. give us give us a little introduction. Do you want a wildly self-aware, bizarre movie with a ridiculous soundtrack and a lot of actors who have done much better things? This horror movie <laughs> is for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, yeah. It, I'm sold. Mick G is sitting in his car in traffic listening to this podcast right now going, hey. <laughs> I mean, he, was, he wasn't downed in that piece. He was just like, oh, yeah, those actors have been in better things. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I worked with the, with the materials I was given. <laughs> I, um, I mean, my, oh, my God, the lead was in three billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. Like... And then The Babysitter. So let me tell you a little bit about The Babysitter. <laughs> it is... Please do. The classic tropes of any... This is a, a genre film popcorn movie. It's not... You're, it's not the Malte, Maltese Falcon here. So the story is a babysitter of this kid named Cole. A little too old to have a babysitter. Freshman year of high school. And... His friend says clearly that this really uh, attractive woman is having her friends over when you're asleep. So you should stay up and see what they do. And he says, that sounds like a plan. But it turns out they're murdering a bunch of people to basically use the Necronomicon to get satanic wishes. And then somebody gets run over by a car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of stuff happens in the middle and then somebody gets hit by a car. To the sounds Uh, of Queens, we are the champions. Yes, that and uh, shirtless Robbie Amell. Yeah, so I have a yeah, lot a of thoughts good chunk about of this runtime. Robbie Amell, who I keep calling Stephen Amell when I talk to people, and that is very wrong. Yeah, he's the other one. Yeah, that's yeah. the other Are they one. Cousins? Yeah, they're cousins. Yes. Cousins, got it. Green, Green Arrow and the other guy from The and Flash. 
uh, he he was Firestorm for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the he was half a Firestorm, and then he was replaced by uh, what's Jefferson, Jefferson Jackson. Jackson? Hell yeah, yeah. So this movie, um, my main note, uh, for this movie is who is it for? That um, is a very good point that I actually can talk to. <laughs> please do, because I it's 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 too mature for like kids who are the main characters, but like I feel like it's not like and I guess I'm not a big horror mm. enthusiast, so maybe that's where my, my disconnect is. Okay. Um but yeah. I just I I feel like it it didn't resonate with me as a grown person because mm-hmm. I can't be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also want to have sex with my babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I completely understand where you're coming from here. It is, when I say it's a genre film, I do mean this This is a movie for people who have seen way too much horror and uh, just horror movies in general, both good and bad. So there are a lot of references that if you are in that kind of world, you'll hear, like, even if you're not, like at one point when Robbie Amell's running around the yard shirtless for no reason, he's making the noises that you hear Jason make in uh, the Friday the 13th movies, and he dies the same way that Jason dies. So this movie is basically for nostalgia throwback of anybody who really dug the really cheesy kind of uh, early 80s horror movies. I mean, you have the you have the the quarterback running around shirtless and a cheerleader and just all of these things for people who just if you have ever gone to a midnight showing of The Room or like Troll Two, this is kind of also for you. So the way I got introduced to this, it was my friend Donisha. I'm throwing her under the bus right now. Um, the first like 25 minutes, I wasn't sold. And the level of ridiculous gore that starts up in the middle of the spin the bottle game is when I went, oh, okay, this is going to be an experience. Is it going to be good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in my heart of hearts, I just, I had a good time. And that's what I think is what I, a lot of people are missing right now. Just a ridiculous good time. Also, it was weird to me that my Netflix queue didn't recommend this to me. Because there's some weird shit on there. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, as as somebody who I think like you has watched a preposterous number of horror movies, both good and bad, I actually was able to find my way into this pretty quickly. It feels, yeah, uh, almost like a super, super slick modern rendition of something like a schlocky, something you'd go see to uh, drive in in the late 70s, maybe. Um, And you've got, you know, like the the sort of text graphics that appear on screen and stuff feel very sort of 70s throwback to me. But I, interestingly, I feel like I was grabbed by it maybe a little bit more quickly than you were, Mm. Ruthann, early on. And I don't want to talk about even the, the spin the bottle sequence forward any further without hitting the like spoiler wall oh, real hard i already cool. uh, i already did in my first four seconds but continue <laughs> to, no 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 that you know what that's just that's just some some breadcrumbs to lead them to the rest <laughs> of the spoilers they're like wow those spoilers sound spoilery as fuck i love it <laughs> can't wait <laughs> oh yeah but uh even even early on when you see the two characters bonding and mm. they bond over the, the like putting together your dream sci-fi 
like exploratory team or adventure squad, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And the way they bond over that, that felt very much like the type of conversation loosely that I have with friends. So I felt very, I felt at home. I felt like, Oh, okay. These folks speak my language. And then we arrive at uh, the spin the bottle sequence. And I went, Oh, okay, great. More of that. Just so much more of this, just more stuff that does that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it wasn't taken right away, but it definitely, that scene was a, a helpful one. But then later on is when I was like, okay, I'm in this now. So I get you. Also seeing Ken Marino show up as the dad and uh, Leslie Bibb as his mom was fun. Yeah. And that that bought more investment time from me. Because when they <laughs> pop up, I'm like, oh, great. If I was going to check out, I'm back in for at least another five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did really like the way the interaction between the parents and the kid like it seemed very natural like the 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 moment where uh he's under where she's she's working in the under storage of the house uh and uh oh and and he's like mom am i a pussy and she she takes a moment to really register the words he's saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she's like do you know what that means (laughs) i like it felt like a very specific like parent moment which i i thought had a, a nice genuineness to it. Like I think a lot of, and, and it, I think it's carried over a lot because of the main character whose actor's name I forget at the moment. Yeah, Judah Lewis and is the actor, and Cole is the character. Yeah, and the the titular babysitter is played by Samara Weaving, who is the niece, I believe, of Hugo. Oh, cool. Believe. Oh, first hmm. place I remember she she did a bunch of work in Australia before anything I had seen her. And first time I remember seeing her was season one. She did three episodes of Ash versus Evil Dead. Yes. Okay. But she was working for a handful of years before that in Australia, and she's been working constantly since. This was the first time I had seen her. Um, she For a second, I thought it was... Uh, she played Gwen Stacy in Amazing Spider-Man. What's her name? Oh. Uh, uh, Haley Stanfield? No. No, no. I'm sorry. Emma Stone. I'm thinking yeah, like in Spider-Verse. No, no, no. Um, yes. So... Uh, I thought it was uh, Emma Stone for a second because okay. they both have those big, giant, doughy uh, eyes. Mm. Uh, and and when you see uh, Emma Stone as a blonde, like they look just alike. Um, oh, that's a good point. Okay. I actually, I can I see that. Yeah, could see that. <laughs> you seem incredulous, Lex. Yeah, I could what's see wrong, Lex? you you being like, "Oh, are y'all related?" I don't know if I could see, "Oh, y'all are the same person." I don't need your. You'd be incredulous. <laughs> it, no, it, <laughs> no. I'm. Re- I we're putting a stop to this right now. The buck stops nope, right that's, there. That's the that's the hashtag incredulous. Incredulous no. hashtag. I am for it. I am following it. I am making it a thing on my podcast. <laughs> what's what's great about that is it creates this immediate feedback loop. It's like a perfect circuit because I start as incredulous. That hashtag is formed, which in turn makes me more incredulous, which in turn feeds the hashtag. Right. Of course. And it's just it's a perfect circuit. It's it's an it's a machine that'll create enough energy to power the planet uh-huh. for generations. So it's kind of the Hulk does- situation. <laughs> kind of. It's just just like that. Yep. Just yep. like okay, just got it. like that. Got it. Yep. It's okay. Also, um, Tari, I'm with you at a certain degree because I thought Chris Wilder was Thomas Lennon for the first good half hour of the movie, which is the neighbor dad. Like that's uh, that's not Thomas yeah. Lennon. That's some rant. That's the guy from <laughs> Joe Dirt. That's different. 
He's not one of the ones uh, so, I was referring to as in a better movie earlier. Anyway. No, this was the best he could get. <laughs> That's what you were saying, right? No. Uh, so I feel like, um, just to kind of circle back, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like a lot of the genuine interactions are because of how well um, Cole acted against all of his co-workers. Not co-workers. I guess co-workers. His co-stars. Um, yes. So... I, I definitely felt like um, I I understood his perspective on the babysitter and his his feelings when he comes when it comes to his parents and things of that sort. Like I really liked that aspect of it, and it really sold the rest of the movie for me for the most part in terms of like how he dealt with this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, I I actually would say I think my that they uh, Ken Marino and was it Le- uh, Leslie. Uh, the mom, mom and dad that literally they're built, they're built as mom and dad uh, with Cole yeah. is like, it's so organic. And even Ken Marino, when he's playing the, uh, when he's teaching him to drive, it's like, they're very aware of their son. And you can tell that there's a past like, okay, he's an anxious kid. Oh, we'll give it another. It's all right. It'll be fine. Which is great for later on. Um, particularly uh, when they, uh, there's just, I love, Ken Marino and um, Leslie, oh God, I can't remember her name. I can't think of it. Nib. But Nib, thank you. Uh, there's a cut scene to them later on, which is just such a couple moment in terms of, did you put the knife in the, in the dishwasher? Because it's supposed to be in the butcher block, but it's in the midst of this gory moment where they're just at a hotel. I'm just going to say, Ken Marino's getting a hand job while this is happening. Yeah, just absently, like, he's absolutely <laughs> receiving it, and she's absolutely She's, like, scrolling Instagram, it. and they're not even looking at each other. By the way, did you put that in the butcher block? No. And their son is fighting for his life trying to find this knife. <laughs> but What I will say is uh, that I really loved the most about the parent characters, though, is that it feels like they, in a, in a subtle way, it's like it's not part of the purpose of the movie necessarily but they subvert a lot of the hacky tired mom and dad tropes in a movie like this like the the absent the vacant hand job right like you would Mm -hmm. assume that this couple is kind of tired of each other and their marriage is maybe loveless and there's not a whole lot there but the two of them still play is pretty connected like neither one of them seems unhappy with the other neither one of them seems unhappy with their son right like Mm -hmm. they seem like they could very easily have gone the route of especially with an actor like Ken Marino who could play something like this in his sleep the the modern dad who tries too hard to be the cool dad in a way that's super obnoxious and borderline oppressive and in fact it seems like both of them are pretty much on top of their shit and like they're you know the son is always going to think his parents are a little dorky or whatever but i like that they don't do that and instead they create this relationship that especially in a horror movie felt super refreshing to me though it was a relatively minor part of the movie yeah and it, part of that is also um, credit to the writer whose name I forgot. Um. Uh, Brian <laughs> do, do, Dullfield? Dullfield? He's only written... We're he, it's like so this and something else. It's like Yeah, Brian Duffield. Yeah, it's like... I think he did Di- Divergent as well. But anyway, sorry. Well, yeah. Now, Brian Duffield sitting in traffic listening <laughs> to this podcast like, these assholes! I'm calling Miss <laughs> was G! Just- Whatever. I was giving him a shout out. Like it's it's cut in the to, text. Cut to Mick G in his office and Duffield's standing right there and they're both listening to the podcast. And Duffield's like, see? And McG's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. If 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 there's anything that I've 
proven in this podcast. It's that names are not my specialty. <laughs> names are my, like, if I were Superman, it would be my kryptonite and have all the powers in the world. And someone would be like, what's my name? And I'd be like, oh, uh, no, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> Social anxiety is in fact your kryptonite. Yeah, it kills me. <laughs> oh, um, that's too real. I feel it. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of that feeling of the parents is in the original text. Like, so this uh, script was a, a was on the I believe it was the 2014 blacklist of like mm-hmm. greatest unproduced screenplays. Uh, so I, I I wanted to kind of go in and I just read the first like 20 pages or so just to get a feel for the writing. And it's very w- well written, uh, especially the the asides, like they're very, um, I guess, freely spoken. Mm. And it feels like someone just telling you a story. It's it's very fun. Um, but in the in the car scene, for example, the, the difference between the script and the movie is that Cole actually starts driving. And once he starts driving, he he asks his dad point blank. He's like, are you and mom getting a divorce? And the dad is like, um, one, it's a cute interaction where he's like, you wait until you're driving. And he's he and Cole basically says, well, if I don't like the answer, I'll just drive into Bloomingdale's. Um, <laughs> That's a joke that absolutely so, should have been in the film. I agree. It's, it's a, a good really good one. Um, and so then the dad starts talking about how. They, he doesn't think they're getting a divorce, but like keeping their their love alive like takes effort and it takes takes um, you know work and that's what they're doing is they're, the mom likes hotels and so they're going to these hotels to make her happy um, and so like there's this like undertone of like a couple that's really trying to work hard at this marriage. Okay, yeah, I- I'm gonna cling on to the the positive part of that. And that they're working on it because yeah, I like them, and what was I don't the negative want their, part. I don't want them to get divorced. They're not I will getting drive divorced. into a Bloomingdale's, <laughs> sir. <laughs> love will be dead for me as, as a concept. As will many people in Bloomingdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I, I love that, and I love that interaction and the jet, how genuine it is. But um, I can understand why it didn't make the final cut because it's not. It sucks, but it doesn't really fit with the rest of the film because it feels like and i think you just proved this because i always thought about that is that the parents seem to have been cut out of the movie a lot like there was more to it but they are so good at projecting that implication anyway because actors that i can see why it i would have i would have watched an extra 20 minutes of that movie for for them but yeah right and also if he had been driving in that earlier scene, it would have really undercut the the big climax where he finally uh, gets the courage to drive through the house. And so, like, much like a having that, exactly. They they just de- decided to switch it up a little bit. You know, you know how that happens in the editing room. They're just like, you know what, this house looks like a Bloomingdale's. Let's have them do it at the end. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I, I was disappointed. I was disappointed when they famously cut out the driving into Bloomingdale sequence from The Lion King. Oh, yeah. It really would have changed the whole context. Um, <laughs> that's actually how Mufasa dies. <laughs> yep. <that's laughs> Scar yeah. just drives a bunch of cars through this fucking Bloomingdale's in a canyon. Yeah, it's yeah. just like Dunsany when they're referencing Hamlet. It's it's the Bloomingdale's of Hamlet, and it's fine. <laughs> 
Oh God. So we we touched on it earlier, this aspect of the occult being brought into this fairly like what at at the beginning felt like just a wholesome movie about a kid who had a crush on his babysitter. Um, and then it t- does a complete 180 into uh, into Goreville. Um, and I feel like the tone shift um, is really, it, it was weird for me, but it, I, I think it's definitely meant to be striking um, in that, uh, you, you, you know, you find out that this babysitter has been sacrificing people in order to fulfill their wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it essentially turns into this, like, th- I feel like that's where the comedy starts popping in, where you get... Um, all these like fun little bits. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is the thing that I enjoy the most are the bits. Like when he's he gets caught and they're he's cutting the rope and they're like, "Yo, we can we can see you," <laughs> and he's like still going. She's like, "Oh, look at him! He has so much spirit." Like those bits, I think, are the things that resonated with me the most. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the bits are what held this flick together because when it started to slow a little bit, you have a moment like when, God, I just lost his name in my brain. Robbie Amell is hunting this child and then his, the bullies of this child is are egging the house and he stops mid-murder to go, wait, are, are they, is somebody egging your house? <laughs> no, you stand up to them right now. Because <laughs> he plays a sociopath. Everybody else wants their wishes fulfilled, and he's like, "Hell yeah, let's go do some murdering." You never yeah, he actually hear violence. what his wish is. If you notice that, everybody else is like, "I want to be a journalist. I want to music- be a musician." Not him. You never hear what he wants. It just seems like he's super gleeful to have a reason to kill people. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> which is a bummer because he doesn't actually get to do the initial killing. Like mm-hmm. uh, now, he's just, like, if if Cole hadn't. Uh, escaped essentially. He'd just be hanging out in the back, being like, "Yo, you guys like my abs?" Uh, <laughs> he was gonna eat that guy. Yeah, that's what he was waiting to eat that oh, guy. Got it. Yeah. Okay, that's how he stays so jacked. <laughs> He's a man whose blood has been replaced with a one steak sauce. Like he is not. <laughs> He's not a real human being. <laughs> That's not possible because that's another moment that's true. where Cole says, "Why are you shirtless?" And it's never. And he goes, Ugh, "And it's never brought up again." it's bits like that that keep this together just when it slows down i also i like i was reading a a bit about the the movie and how when they have that wide shot of all of the people who are part of this cult they they use it to display how the bad guys are the inverse and that like uh these specific stereotypes are usually the protagonists or at least the the fodder for traditional horror Mm -hmm. and now they're the bad guys which i think was a nice way of flipping that on his head yeah and that that too is where i feel like if you are a horror fan if you are a frequent connoisseur of that genre and the subgenres therein there's a lot more to this movie to derive enjoyment from as far as taking all of these tropes and finding little ways to invert them whether it's the, the complete character dynamics and their relationships to each other or moments like what you were describing about how they could see him mm-hmm. cutting himself out of the rope. Like, fun moments in context, fun subversive moments in context, but within the genre as a whole, bigger inversions, and I feel like that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I agree. It's vi- Yeah, it's very fun, and it you can pick out... I- I'm 
I'm interested to hear um, both of your sides because I know Lex has watched a fair amount of horror, good and bad. And I actually, I had no idea if you had or not, Tari. And it's it's interesting to hear the other side of that. I haven't watched as much, but here are some good dynamics because it's hard to come out of having been, I, I can't recall how young you were when you started watching stuff like this, Lex, but I was far too young, like poltergeist at like Same. six kind of thing. And I, I, I grew up on the Chucky movies, you know, like I started seeing that shit before I was double digits in age. Yeah. Same. It was, it's the type of thing where I've, you know, mid midnight showings were my jam. It still are. But, um, the, in the ingrained, ridiculousness of all of this stuff i forget so mm -hmm. i don't so hearing from the other side is is good to know it's like oh right yeah the guy getting just like hung by a just like like jason from friday the 13th is not something you would have expected if you haven't seen these flicks like i can hear him doing the ki -ki -ki ma 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 and i'm gonna expect there's gonna be a jason reference in a second you know but that's that's just different uh, i mean but even before that, right, like when the big turn happens in that spin the bottle scene, mm -hmm. all of a sudden homeboy's got two knives in his skull. <laughs> yes. And that's a big, it's an abrupt pivot. But that's the sort of thing that I was, especially once I realized, okay, this is a super slick, glossy version of that thing. I started to feel out what was going to happen, not, not exactly what was going to happen, but what was going to mm -hmm. happen when. So I was expecting a turn like that at some point. Mm -hmm because I'm conditioned to expect a turn like that at some point, probably because of how slick the movie is, something probably super gory. Um, but yeah, if you're not primed for that, if you're not sitting there waiting for that specific moment from the jump, I would imagine that would be a little jarring. I mean, so my, my background uh, is that when I was a kid, I was a, a coward, weak baby boy. Who, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. So, for example, we, my parents were watching, I think it was uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. with Dream Warriors? Dream Warriors, <laughs> where they're in the, the dollhouse. Yeah. Yep, that's and three. At some point, one of the, like, rugs, there's, like, a runner in, in, uh, in, one of the rooms and it comes alive and it eats someone or something. <laughs> yeah. And oh we had God, a, a runner like... that was similar and I could not walk in my living room for a while. Whoa. I turned off uh, like Nemo in dreamland. Cause after, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. I don't know what that um, is. Nope. It's an animated movie where um, the whole thing takes place in this like fun dreamland. Everyone's having a great time. And then at a certain point, um, all the like nightmares escape and it becomes this hellish landscape of darkness, and I what had to turn it fuck? off, and I hadn't seen. Yeah, it, it's a whole thing. Maybe I'll bring it on the show one day. All right. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I had to turn that one off, and I didn't watch it until I was an adult. So I was, I wasn't a big horror guy. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay. And <laughs> yeah, so like, um, and I guess like now I'm, I'm, I mean now I'm more, uh, a, a kid, I guess. Uh, used to to horror things and and thrillers and things of that sort, so I don't like have to turn anything off midway. Um, but yeah, so those tropes and things aren't as ingrained in me. In that, like, I feel like the first uh, horror movie I was able to appreciate was Scream, and it wasn't even like a traditional horror movie. In that, it was a so yes. that's great because it's actually I feel like this leans more towards Scream than other horror movies 
um, in the way that it is tongue-in-cheek, uh, but it's still fucked up, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, able to comment on horror movies while also being a horror movie, having that additional meta level of self-awareness that Scream has, for sure. Yes, and I feel in this in this flick that Cole is the meta self-awareness for the audience because there are many moments where he is just stopped and at one point i believe his his next door crush she kisses him before some major plot point and he go and he just stops and you're expecting him to maybe say something like my first kiss blah 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 you know the thing you expect and he just dead eye says the last time i saw a guy get kissed he got stabbed in the head <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's moments like that where this kid is clearly the smartest person in this film, one of the a very good actor in this film, and it does lean more towards the scream style ridiculousness. Uh, but that makes that makes sense. This is I, I I don't know what else to say. I love it. It's a very weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's 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 one of my notes. It just says this movie's fucking weird, <laughs> which is interesting because, and I I guess my my tastes now. I feel as an audience member a little bit jaded, so my taste frequently run to, I guess, what most people would consider a little bit more bizarre. Mm. But this movie didn't feel. I mean, yes, I get, I get very much why somebody would look at it and the word weird would come to mind. But none of this seems, even in its extremity, too far beyond the pale for me. But that's probably a commentary <laughs> on me. Well, yeah. I- I was going to say, like, this is a commentary on us because when they started calling the sacrificial lamb of the spin the bottle kid dead Samuel casually, I was laughing <laughs> so hard because <laughs> that was the first moment where I really started laughing or just casually like, oh, get him off of me. Put dead Samuel in the garage. Like, it's just, <laughs> damn it. I guess like, like as a point of reference, right, I'm the guy for whom like a racer head is actually super accessible. Oh, no. If that – no, right. But, like, I could actually – I'm going to make Tari – we're going to do a razor head at some point on the right. show because it's – once you penetrate it – I don't like that nope, word choice. Nope. Once, <laughs> nope. once, you, once you get inside. Once you, once you find your way in. Once you feel the warmth of its growth <laughs> Only race. after being very respectful and getting consent. <laughs> um and driving through a Bloomingdale's, uh, the um, no. Once you once you find your way in, right? Because I, I could that's a movie for sure. I could see being impenetrable for a lot of people. But once you find your way in, it's actually relatively straightforward. Uh, but I bring it up only to illustrate. Yeah, my tastes tend to to hew a little bit stranger perhaps because I nothing makes me happier than watching a movie and going oh wow I haven't seen that before or I have seen that before but what an interesting way to show that to me Mm. so a lot of the stuff that reads as weird quote unquote to a lot of people just reads as oh hey look at that that's not what I would have expected them to do good for them yeah okay um I see that. Uh, I want to talk about B as a as a character. Yes. Because mm. um, at the around the end, we get this reveal that like Cole's not the first kid that she's wooed and used their blood as a as a thing. So like you have to assume that she's had multiple wishes granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you what what do you guys think that those wishes were? Like, it, was it? Do you think that she was just like a like a tiny hunchback? monster person like she was an, a literal goblin <laughs> and then was like you know what i want to look like a, 
a rad teen. <laughs> well, didn't she say at one point that one of her wishes was to be hot? I, I think so. Does she? Oh, yeah, I think she does. I think, honestly, B's back. That was one of the commentaries I had that I would love to hear more of B's backstory because clearly one of her wishes had to be eternal youth because she, or something like that, because if he's not the first, she's definitely been that age and that looking like that for a long time right. to the point where she might even be a straight up demon. Did you guys uh, stay through the end credits? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's reason to believe she has the and they don't call it the Necronomicon. It's just the Satanic verses. I call it the Necronomicon because it basically is. Just how did she get this book? Where did she find it? Um, I. You know what? I'm really glad that you brought up that little tag on the end of the movie because until you did, I had completely forgotten about that little tag where they find the body and she like. Ah! zombies at him for a second yeah i forgot about it because it feels like a scene from a totally different exactly movie. and you're right you're right that moment does pretty heavily because before that moment like yes clearly she's been at it for a while but for all we know it's just been a really busy year <laughs> but that moment completely recontextualizes everything that came before that it would seem and if i'm reading way too much into it because i love to do that she could, her whole thing, she might not have given a shit. She might have, the whole thing might have been a demon, a trickster demon playing with these teenagers. Right. You know, it, it could be something like that and needing the blood of the innocent for something else. But uh, yeah, no, I I want more of B's backstory. And that setup was definitely for a sequel that will probably not happen because I, I believe it got some pretty terrible reviews. Yeah, I don't remember this movie being super well received, which is interesting to me because I think as far as what it seems to be attempting to do, it's doing it pretty well. Also, for all we know, all of the teens in this group are goblin people. And <laughs> if there was a second post credit scene, you'd see, uh, you know, uh, Bella, Thorne. Bella Thorne get up and be like, ah, mm, ouch. And then you see like the dude get off the floor and like try to pull the chunk of glass out of his neck. And then Robbie Amell wakes up and he's like, somebody get me down from here. Um, <laughs> Like, we don't know. It's, yeah. I guess it is equally possible. I mean, in every film, everybody could secretly have been a goblin at one point. It's a good point. <laughs> that's, that's, yep. Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep, they were all... Charles Foster Kane was a scroll. That's what it was. Oh. <laughs> it's actually, Citizen Kane was the first movie about the Kree scroll oh. war. But they had to cut. They had to cut a lot of that out. But if you if you know that going in, it's there. Right. Yeah. It's all there. <laughs> They're all the scroll. Oh God, that is that is Marvel's downfall. The scroll. That was a rough, that oh, was a no. rough arc. That was a rough arc, my dudes. Anyway. <laughs> oh wait, you haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, have no, you? No, that's gonna. I've been. Oh, we got crazy busy this weekend. But no. we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about this that that picture after after you see okay. it because it's they do some interesting stuff I'm, yeah I'm, I'm pumped i um i actually felt like i didn't i i felt like the the post credits thing because i really liked that scene between b and cole uh, while she was dying oh. i i felt like it undercut it a little bit in that i i liked that they had established all these like fun things for them to do um, that like made it that established their relationship and they were able to kind of do a, a sweet little callback as, as she's dying. And, and there's this moment where she's like, yo man, you're such a, 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 a 
shy kid. I'm so proud of you. You drove, drove a car into me. You're, you've grown so much. Um, so I, I liked that so much. Mm. And so for her to just be like, I'm also a goblin <laughs> thing um, made me sad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. It's, I, she does say at one point that he's different and it could have, that could be implied. It's like, ah, oh, you say that to all of your sacrifices. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was, he's different. And that moment was incredibly sweet and, and does say to the, it's, it's to the credit of the actors that make these connections because B and Cole and Cole and his parents, that, that those are the big relationships in the play. And you're right. It was a really sweet moment when she's dying under the car that he drove into her to the sound of Queen. Yeah. We are the champions. It's a sweet. That's how I want to go. I do, though. I like. I like <laughs> God. That can be arranged. Yeah, I like. Are you? Do you have a Bloomingdale's near you? <laughs> oh, why I happen to? Uh, there's no more honorable way to die than driving <laughs> through Bloomingdale's. That's terrible. Um, uh, I I do though. I I brought it up earlier. I really like this game that they play with each other, where they're they're stacking their their super squad together, and I love the fact that he goes with Adama for command. Um, sweet, yes. sweet, and they got. I like that they put uh, Edward James Olmos's likeness in there. Yeah, uh, that was that was cute and stuff. Who, who would you? If there was one person you would oh, need dang. one. I'm not gonna make you do six or seven. If there's one person you know you would need on your super squad to get your shit done, who would you absolutely need on that squad? Mm. Oh, this is this is hard. I I might have to say Gamora. Okay. I feel like Gamora can get shit done. Can I mean, look at how she she maneuvers a Star Lord when she needs to. She can fight. She can think. She can get her sh- get shit together. But she be she's good in a team too. Yeah. So I think I'm going with Gamora. Okay, legit, Tari. Ooh, that's hard. Uh, I think that I would I would choose Nightwing. Um, because he's as, he's as resourceful and, uh, has the same combat skills as Batman, but he also has like a heart and he's not going to just be a dick to me the whole time, even though he's already a dick. Am I right, guys? Uh, Am I right, guys? Uh, hey. uh, but like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be a dick because y'all are on the same squad. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he's tactical. He is practical. Um, and he has a, a crazy network he can bring in to if I if I need other things. See? Oh, that's a yeah. good point. All right. Solid. What about you, Lex? All right. What about you? Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> that dude has all the Infinity Stones, and he beat up all the Avengers. If we're talking about somebody who can get shit done, dude snapped his fingers and wiped out half of all life in the universe. If that is not getting shit done. I don't know what getting shit done looks like. I'm beyond the squad with that guy. Mm. Hey, hey, Lex, he's yeah. not the most loyal guy in the world. <laughs> I don't know. He liked his buddies. He liked Ebony Ma and stuff. Yeah, but like, he's, you're not partners. You are his servant at that point. Now we're on the exactly. same squad. Yeah, but he's 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 your daddy. He's your squad daddy. <laughs> I mean, he could be team captain for sure. <laughs> I'm just like, what squad do I want to be on to get the most shit done? It's probably the squad that has all the Infinity Stones. Got it. 
I don't think he becomes team captain at that point. I think he becomes team overlord and you're dead. You're straight up dead. I don't understand how this is a question. I don't know. I feel like if I survived the snap, I'd be all right. He just hangs out on a porch now for the most part. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's like if He's I'm like tired, I'm like, yo, Thanos, we got to we got to go bust some POWs out of prison. He'd be like, hell yeah, straps on the gauntlet, <laughs> drives through Bloomingdale's and shit. But I feel like you'd have to have one of those classic scenes where he's like, I'm out of the game. And you know, he's on you the porch playing dominoes like, you can't pull me back in. Yeah. But then you got to make it personal, you know, find someone he loves, kidnap them and be like, guess you're back. Guess you're back, Thanos. <laughs> well, I'm not kidnapping somebody because then I'm not on the same squad anymore. Well, you got to arrange it so his his person is kidnapped. That way, like you can man- you can manipulate him. Hey, hey, first of it's all, it's a double agent thing. Yeah. First double of all, thing. I ain't crossing this dude. <laughs> Second of all, that violates the entire spirit of the arrangement. <laughs> Let your unscrupulous. You gotta be- <laughs> You're a wild card. Yeah, <laughs> clearly I have I have no qualms about getting my hands dirty. <laughs> What was that hashtag Incredulex? That yeah, it is. There it is. The perfect, perfect feedback loop. <laughs> uh, um, if you guys could sacrifice a, uh, a some innocent blood and a and a person, what what would be your wish? Ooh. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, like today or like the last one I did. Um, both. Let's oh, let's do. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. Let's assume that you're willing to kill a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. Like... Willing to kill again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. You get addicted to those wishes, baby. You're like, oh man, I. It's like when you're getting tattoos or um Ooh, or point. like plastic surgery. You're like, yo, man, I could always use another tuck. Let me just get <laughs> just get one of those kids uh, <laughs> become a babysitter. I, I think I would wish to not be a goblin person. Oh, I think that's, that's what one. I have to do because that's the first wish you got to do. Everybody's got to get out a goblin person, and <laughs> then you get your normal wish. Right, that that makes sense. So I guess I'm not going to be a goblin person, and then I don't know. Maybe my student loan debt goes away. I'm I'm a simple woman. <laughs> yeah. I don't need much. <laughs> isn't that isn't that telling though? I feel like a lot of my immediate <laughs> concerns might be financial as well. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not at immediate risk of starving, but I could be at less risk of starving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's where i am all right sorry where what, what's your wish post goblin um i would wish for conjuration magic so that i don't need to work anymore because i can just make things that i need appear. <gasps> oh i didn't know we could get magic oh that's a good idea yeah then yeah. you could well, just make point... money happen too I mean, well, then I'd be ruining the economy, though. Where's the ceiling on this, though? Because at a certain point, why not just wish for be God? Um, because uh, I like a God. And what? also, you're you're talking to Satan. <laughs> He'd take that as like a slight. You're talking about his ex there. Like, it's no fun. That's true. That's a good listen. point. That's a good point. He'd be like, oh, fuck you. Why are you going to bring that shit up? <laughs> that is uh, such a one-sided book. He does not even talk about what really happened. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel like as as long as it's something that can be fairly contained in a in a pact, like you you can't be like I wish for world peace, then I nah. think that like it's outside <laughs> of his power. But if it's something that can that you can then utilize, uh, then maybe 
Now, do we think this is a monkey's paw situation too, where like you're got or like you know the Twilight Zone, like you get you get to be alone and you can read, but your glasses break. Like, is something gonna happen? Like, if I don't want my student loan debt to go away, all of a sudden, like my house catches on fire. You know what I mean? Or, or like, if you wish for eternal youth, you regress to a literal baby, and you're stuck in that form for all time. I mean, oh but, my god, right? <laughs> I, it can't be though, because like those those situations, there's no upfront payment. So the payment is your misery. Um, so th- in this economy, you're do- you're you're like doing a, a transactional, whereas like the other way, it's more like putting it on your credit card and you're you're paying it over time because of your sadness. Oh God! If that was the case, I, my currency would be very high. Blood and sadness. I'm a woman. That would work real well. <laughs> yeah. Well, make some packs, baby. <laughs> you you uh, eat yes, your behind. I- <laughs> I don't know if I know anybody that innocent, but I can try. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. you just got to become a babysitter. That's that's what it is. Or, or or a nanny, I guess, at this point. Just live in there. Oh, God. Yo, no, I don't want to clean up all the blood. I, I give up. <laughs> that's, I give that's up it. easy. That's it. My first wish then would be I wish that somebody would come and clean up all the blood every time. <laughs> So really, I we'd need two kids for the first one because like that's I'm not gonna waste my only wish of the day on that. Uh, so I'm gonna be like you know I'll be like you come here clean up all the blood every time you're on call now, uh, but stand one, there because we're we're doing another one. We're doing the like we're we're doing tra- we're doing a money one. <laughs> one traumatized Mary Maid shows up. Yes, no, no, uh, not that's, him again. That's her. That's her catchphrase. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the line everybody like when they make t-shirts that's it's her picture right under it it's like, oh no <laughs> talking keychains and it? shit is, is it mrs doubtfire what voice was that <laughs> yeah, totally. it was oh, that it's, it's, it's demonic julia child <laughs> oh cool <laughs> delicious blood Mm. Um, how much do you guys think that they were allowed to improvise in this in this movie? Um, there were some scenes where I think it was specifically from the like YouTube YouTube stars where we just got some like real long improvised bits. Um, and I wonder if that was like they were just like, look, here's the here's the general gist of the scene. You go. You go, you do your thing. You got blood splattered <laughs> in your face. T- tell me about it. Um, or if all of that was in the script as well. It, like, it makes me wonder. I think Bella Thorne just forgot her uh, her uh, script a little bit there and just starts just screaming about her boobs periodically. <laughs> I think none of that was meant to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, like to, I like to imagine that she was actually supposed to die from the gunshot, but she just kept getting up and screaming about it. And they're like, all right. We, we just have to, we got to make uh, our day. We just yeah. have to roll with this now. <laughs> when I was looking up her other credits, because I only know like a little bit about Bella Thorne, she is in a movie called Bella Thorne, bitch, colon, I'm Bella Thorne. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think she just kept getting up. And- so, so is she either is she, is she the most self-aware or the least self-aware? Do we know? I don't know. Obviously, I know of Bella Thorne, but I don't think I'm necessarily the target demographic for a lot of what she appears in. Okay. So, what do do what do we know about about 
her level of general self-awareness as it translates to the audience. I'm sure that uh, she's pretty self-aware. She, I mean, she dated Tana Mojo, and that's they they don't seem like stable humans. What's a Tana Mojo? <laughs> oh, it's uh, one of those little gigapet kind of things. <laughs> now Tana Mojo's sitting in traffic, like what the you fuck? <laughs> I'm calling McGee. Cut to McGee's office. D- Duffield and this dude are both in the office listening to the podcast with McGee, and McGee's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god! It's, I I I love how you've leaned into your old man persona of I don't want to know who these people are. I don't care at all. I'm just I, getting- well. No, it's like it's not even that, and it, it, because obviously culture keeps developing and being created, so there's always going to be new young hip people. I mm-hmm. just occasionally I'll hear a name and I'll go, oh. I haven't seen them do anything, but I am vaguely aware of what I am meant to know them from, uh, mm-hmm. like Bella Thorne. I don't, yeah, I don't know this. What is this other, what is this, what do I know this other person for or from? You, you, you absolutely wouldn't. It's, it's, she's from YouTube and she does some random ass makeup tutorials and story time. Yeah. You are she... 1000% not her demographic. <laughs> no. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Everybody's into something. Not everything but... has to be for me. Yes, not everything has to be for you, cis white man. <laughs> not all of it. Just most of it. Just, yeah. Just most of what's ever been made. <laughs> I mean, I think that be- <laughs> because it makes me uncomfortable, I refuse to call Captain Marvel anything but MCU Origins Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> <sighs> Great. It's a anyway. joke. It's a joke, by the way. I don't call it that. <laughs> he calls it Captain Marvel's a man. God damn it! I call it stupid girl movie for cucks. It's Captain for a reason. <laughs> it's like that one doesn't even make sense. No, not at all. <laughs> My point exactly, Lex. Um, I don't call it that either. I, <laughs> I swear how... I don't call it that. Everybody send uh, Cyberbully Lex at the Lex Michael on Twitter. It's not true. Oh, no. I'm quoting that character. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the baby. Sorry, did that? Something just broke in my kitchen. I'm sorry if you heard oh, that. No. <laughs> do Do you need to ch- check no, in? Yes. Fine. Everything okay? It's fine. Somebody's just breaking into my house to sacrifice me. Don't worry about it. Oh, I wonder what their wish is gonna be. Ooh, good point. Yeah, the maid. It, oh no. <laughs> I mean, I do see a car coming towards my window, but that should be a problem. This isn't a blooming day. out of the car and he's like oh damn i guess it's not a bloomingdale's huh <laughs> shit <laughs> tries to back the car yeah. out the car's upside oh down <laughs> but i need new jeans <laughs> it's 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 like it's like seven inches of snow outside my house so he needs help pushing it <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey do you want to 
Do you want to help? Oh, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Oh my god. She's like, or am I? Oh, wink. Oh, wink. <laughs> I do say that when I wink. Yes, of course. As you sh- how oh, else wink. are people going to know? It's too subtle otherwise. <laughs> Um, oh god uh, alright so we gotta start rapping um so yo what is that? <laughs> I was waiting I was waiting what are your last thoughts about this movie what is the last thing you want us to see what I rap. it's time to rap I rap why is what it, are your why last is thoughts? it time to rap <laughs> I don't know that's how time works it's linear <laughs> It, yeah, come on, Lex. Even though it was, it's daylight savings this past weekend, and I'm completely thrown. I I, I was not expecting homonyms. Uh, <laughs> I was not had not had enough coffee yet today for homonyms. Homina 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 homonyms. <laughs> I am <laughs> guys. What are your last thoughts for about my this last, movie? My last thoughts on this flick is that it's if you are somebody who has been absorbing the horror genre or the the midnight cult films all your life it's fun and honestly we could use some fun in this world and it's dark and it's weird it for some but not for lex apparently so it's on netflix give it a shot it's a what hour 40 of your life and it's even less than that i think it's like an hour 25 yeah and it's some Fun people with some sweet moments and some really dark shit. Do it up. I yeah. like it. I it's, really like it. It's very. It's hey, Mikey. She likes it. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm. I'm curious to go and check out some of the reviews because this movie was not super duper praised when it first came out, and I'm curious as to why that is because I would imagine that the target audience for this would dig it a whole bunch. Like, I had a real good time. I went in with admittedly low expectations, but Mm -hmm. I had a really entertaining hour, 25 minutes. Uh, I would recommend it, especially if you're a horror fan. It's fun. Don't go in expecting it to be The Exorcist, you know, or or needing it to be Halloween or or whatever. Throw in horror title here. It doesn't, don't expect it, don't expect that it needs to be anything other than what it's doing. And I think it's a super, super duper fun way to spend an hour, 25. Yeah, it's not lying about what it is. It's it's very upfront about what it is with a couple of twists that make it fun. And I it's it's a good friends are over movie when you're with the right group of friends. I this is a have a couple beers if you are the type and throw on something fucking weird and fun. That's my if you are in my group of friends anyway. So, that's my final thought. Give, okay. give yourself something weird. Yeah. Keep it weird. <laughs> Keep the internet weird. Um, I my final <laughs> thoughts as a not horror person and a coward baby boy. Um, <laughs> that's I, like any time you do interviews or some shit that's in the little lower third. <laughs> it's gonna be Tari Miller, not horror person and little coward baby boy. <laughs> um, as my official title says, um, bio and shit. I still I found it um I found it entertaining. There's a like it it is kind of bonkers and balls to the wall, but there are a lot of fun bits. Uh a lot of the character interactions were genuine and I really liked the acting. Um I also I just remembered the bit where uh Bella Thorne has a touching moment with Cole where she's telling him her ambitions 
And he's like, you can still do it. And she's like, you think I give a fuck what you think? And I loved it. Um, so I, yeah, I recommend it. I think it's it's fun if you like sit down and you go in, as Lex was saying, with like the appropriate expectations and you uh, just kind of accept that it's a popcorn movie. It's not going to change your life, but it's it's a fun ride. It's It's super slick schlock. Yeah. But I mean that I don't mean that yeah. in a disparaging way. A lot of people hear the term schlock and they're like, "Oh, that means it's bad." That's not what I mean. Uh, it's just it's very it's I said it before. It's it feels like a, the slickest, most glossy possible version of a semi-exploitative late '70s horror movie that you might go see at a drive-in. Yeah, nice. I completely agree. So, Ruthann, where mm-hmm. can people find you? If they want to chat with you or listen to your sweet, sweet podcast. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can find me uh, either at Ruthann Beverly on my personal Twitter. Uh, same for Instagram. You can also find me at Down because I run that account because my co-host does not know how to check our DMs. So <laughs> find me there um, or uh, email us at wikishipdown at gmail.com if you want to uh, listen to us uh, rag on some ridiculous Wikipedia articles. The other day, let's see, we've gotten some good titles like uh, Sex in Space, How Does It Work? NASA has a whole article about it. Huh. Uh, yeah, it's it's complex, turns out. Oh, or, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very complex. Or the um, evil, or the creepy twins that uh, uh, would uh, have their own language. So there's a lot of interesting things. So find me in any of those places. And if you're interested in any of those topics, uh, stop over at Week Ship Down. We just hit episode 100 and celebrated by not doing episode 101 because of a big old snowstorm in Boston. <laughs> but hey, congratulations on 100. Yeah. Thank big you. Milestone. Thank you. We're proud of ourselves for people and the people that kept up with us were hmm. problematic at the beginning, but we still love you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, Lex, where can people find you? Uh, not at Bloomingdale's for the foreseeable <laughs> future, uh, but on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Nice. And you can find me at Tari J, T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. That's on Instagram and Twitter. You can find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Uh, if you would like to use your vocal cords to give us some feedback and some thoughts, especially about the babysitter, you can hit us up on the Missing Out hotline, which is uh, 978-MISS-OUT. That's 978-MISS-OUT. Uh, call that number, leave a voicemail, let us know your thoughts. Um. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Ruthann. We enjoyed having you. Thank you for having me. I was actually genuinely worried you two would hate this movie, so I'm glad this was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was weird, but real fun. <laughs> Yay, that's what I aim for when I come on the show. <laughs> thank you again. <laughs> and uh, cool. And thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this has been the retrospective that's introspective. And now you have a new perspective. So. Oh man, that's another new thing from our show. Oh, yeah, bro, look at that sign-off, motherfucker. Cute as fuck. I love it. Air guitar. A lot of a lot of pew pew sounds. Hell yeah. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer-editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? 
So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikishipdown. I'm Ruth Ann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.